Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Brought to you by our sponsor, Vanilla Soft, with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales and sales development. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl. How you doing, folks? It's another wonderful day. You know, I was actually, a uh, true story, I was listening to some of our podcast recordings, and you may think that sounds a little vain. What it is, is that when I'm so in the moment of the recording of, of our guests, I just love the conversation. I'm enthralled with the conversation, and I'm thinking about what are the questions I want to ask. As you know, we try to wrap this up within a half an hour to respect your schedule. And there are times when I sit back and I say, I didn't really have a chance to fully embrace the lessons that were learned. So I'll go back and I'll play the sessions. And what's really cool about that is when I do that, I actually get so much more out of the exact same episode that I was part of in the actual live recording. And I actually have a chance to hear it a second time. And I make that distinction because hearing it a second time, A, I'm hearing it as you do as a listener not as someone who's part of the two-way conversation. So you hear it differently. And then the second part here is that what's amazing is I really embrace the lessons because I hear them. And I think part of it is the repetition, right? Because I've already heard it once before and now I'm hearing it with a capital H and I'm going, yeah, that's brilliant, that's gold. And what's so cool about that it's the wisdom that we share in this show. I had a unique opportunity recently because as we record this, it's the uh, start of the new year. I've done some of my best of shows. I had a chance to go back and listen to some of the shows, as I mentioned to you, and other shows where I didn't have time to listen because I was trying to reevaluate a year's worth of shows to do a best of. So I would skim. We transcribe every single one of these shows. So there's multiple places you, you can listen to the show. Obviously, inside, InsideSales.com is, is the homepage of the show. But if you were to go to VanillaSoft, off.com and a resources podcast at that location we actually have every single show transcribed and so i would skim the transcriptions looking for the highlights and we have call outs for tweets and everything else that are really really cool that you can share every single show i had the exact same experience over and over again which was a i learned so much and then b i wanted to ask more questions i wanted to follow up i wanted to drill down even further it's like a half, a half hour is not enough time i had this conversation with a couple of different people recently about the power of questions i was talking to my son now my son he's 25 years old he, you've heard me talk about him before he's a he's a broadcast journalist he anchors a morning show out west talking he was asking me questions about when i get to know the guests or when i deal with my boss you know you know what how, can i ask questions that don't look stupid and i'm like man listen questions properly framed are brilliant every boss wants to hear questions every subject matter expert you interview wants to be asked questions and if you frame them well as opposed to obnoxiously or like a moron or too too sarcastic then they will react to that. They will viscerally react to that and they will willingly share that information. So that was on the boss side. Uh, the other part I was sharing with was some of my employees recently. They're probably the same age bracket. 
25, 27, 28 years old. And I was saying, when you're in a meeting and you don't know, do not feel intimidated by the individuals who are in that room. You have a question, ask the question. You're going to sit here and think, well, this is a dumb question, or they're going to react negatively to this question. I'm like, no. In fact, it's the complete opposite. You have the courage. You have the curiosity. You have the desire to learn. What we forget is what's obvious to us is not necessarily obvious to you. We sometimes think that you should just know the answer because we know the answer. The fact of the matter is you cannot learn, you cannot do your job, you cannot solve today's problems that you need to be solved unless you ask those questions. Questions are the simplest tool that you as a sales professional have available to you and sometimes we get in our own heads. So what have we said here? We said, you've got to have the courage to ask the questions. You have to intentionally ask the questions and you have to frame the questions in such a way so as that they're heard and they're received and they're respected and they, they respond. The power of questions is the one tool that you've got that you've been doing since you were a toddler that you can apply with no additional training to make yourself a rock star salesperson. And many people overlook that they've got this skill, they've got this secret weapon that they're perhaps just not leveraging enough. Who do we go to? Who do I ask questions of when it comes to asking questions? And you're gonna love this one. We're bringing on Deb Calvert. Now, Deb, if you listen to our webinars at our watch our webinars at VanillaSoft, is a past guest. She, the, the response to her in that webinar was overwhelming. So, I know her content, I know her personally, and I've had a chance to previously interview her before on the webinar. So I'm like, bam, top of mind, let's get her back. And she's here today. So Deb, welcome to the show. Daryl, thank you. It is always a pleasure to be here with you. Oh, you're so sweet. I love so that you appreciate questions. Yes, I questions do. are all that, yeah. The only person who mocks me when I ask questions, well, it's two people. Uh, my wife mocks me. She just rolls her eyes at me. And my kids mock me. My questions are usually dad questions. So, like, what is Instagram? I don't get it. And then they roll their eyes yeah, as an example. So, other than that, everybody else loves questions. Now, you, though, you're the rock star when it comes to this. Now, full disclosure, folks, I actually talked to Deb about this in advance because I wanted to get her thoughts on it. And she and I, well, mostly she, I just took notes. She came up with five things that we want to share with you today. Deb, if it's okay with you, uh, why don't we just get right into that? Does that work for you? Absolutely. Deb used this expression. I actually wrote it down because it was brilliant. She says, quality questions are like magic, just magic, the way they can engage. Talk to me about that. That's the human dynamic. I alluded to that a little bit, but I think so many people don't understand the sheer power of the magic of the question. At a time when our buyers are expecting us to do so much for them, they want an experience that has to be relevant, that has to be meaningful, it has to be personalized. They want value creation that is unique to them in a moment, in an instant. And we don't have unlimited budgets. We don't have the ability to read their minds. There's only one thing that I know of that can create value instantly and create a bonding experience and even build trust. And that is if you ask good questions, that's a qualifier. It has to be a good question. Uh, the old standbys like, uh, hey, what's new? Or how's the weather there? There's no magic in those. Those are hackneyed, they're trite, they're, they're junk. But by contrast, 
a thought-provoking question can unleash all kinds of power in a relationship. So just for context, can you give me an example? Totally putting you on the spot here. I apologize about this. Uh, well, I a little apologize, a little bit. I'm, I'm watching you squirm. Can you give me an example of a good question versus a not good question that you've seen in your experience? You bet. And I'm going to cheat a little bit because I've taught a class at UC Berkeley and I've worked <laughs> with many, many companies. And so although I do have 25 years worth of research on questions, I'm just going to give you the ones that I know work with SDRs and BDRs who have contributed back to me that the questions that they thought were magic. Okay, here's a good example. Let's say you have content. Your company puts content out, webinars or whatever it might be, and then they give you a lead list and you call on the companies that listen to your webinar. What you might be saying right now that's a not so good question is you call somebody and you say, hey, so I saw you listen to our uh, webinar. Do you have any questions for me? That's a weak oh. question. Oh, that's a bad question. Yeah, it is. What you really want to know is the value they found in the webinar. What you're really trying to do is ignite some additional interest and get them to take some next steps with you. So why not craft a question that gets to that, gets right to the heart of the matter? So someone who downloaded your content, maybe you say right off the bat, uh, when you watch the webinar, what information did you find most useful? And then wait, give them time to think, because that's a question that creates value. They're recollecting your webinar. They're going to give you something that is now a nugget that tells you what is of value to them. And then you'll be able to expand the conversation and advance the sale. I love that example. I've actually had that conversation with, with our own reps multiple times. And I'm like, they're like, oh, you know, following up a webinar, you know, with calls, whatnot, that's such a pain in the arse and most people don't react. And I'm like, this is not hard. So I would love, now I'm speaking as a, a CMO right now. So you give me your reaction. Yeah. This is this is what I think it is. I think the questions are very much in line with what you're saying. My first question would be, so I see you, you registered for the event or you attended the event. Yeah, I did. Great. Do you mind if I ask you a couple questions? No, no problem. One, just for, this is me softening it up. Correct me if I'm wrong. I would say just from a pure production point of view, did it meet your needs? Did it engage you? Did it educate okay. you? Did you feel it was a good investment of your time? Yes or no? Because then I'm actually trying to seek their like, oh, they want my opinion here. I want them to get involved. Yes or no. And why? Great. Next. Okay. I'm curious. What prompted you to register for this event? That question, I think, is the golden question because they're going to say, oh, well, we have a problem here or I stumble with that. So now I've identified a pain. And then I would do the, I might do the next one, which is great. What was one or two takeaways that you took away from that that you're going to apply right now? Or that's one option. The other option is I can go into, oh, those are the problems you had. If I could help you with those problems, would that be something you might want to discuss further? That to me, it's not in the end, it's not about the webinar. It's about why did you sign up and you want some help with that? That's how I tell my reps to approach it. Am I right? Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely on the right track. And and this is what others have, have found is, is really working for them, whether it's a webinar or it's some other piece of content or even just a simple website visit if you're tracking your website visitors. Well, what brought you to our site in the first place? Right. Because that's what we're trying to do. Find out the need and then get some place to go from there with a conversation. Quality questions you say are brilliant. Is there any kind of formula or any kind of context that I can follow so that I know I'm asking a quality question versus a dumb question? Well, quality questions, they do have a few criteria. One is that they're well-constructed. If they're close-ended, like the one that you mentioned a moment ago, which has a yes, no answer, 
They're close-ended on purpose. You're just looking for that initial reaction. Did it meet your need? Yes or no. Follow-up question, why? That's open-ended. It's going to be higher value because it gives somebody an opportunity to think. It gives them a, a way to be engaged because what buyers really, really want, they want a two-way dialogue. They've told us this in, in research. They don't want to just be given a, a set of survey questions like so many qualifying questions, for example, might be, but it's got to be open-ended if you're going to truly engage them. Another thing that might make it a quality question is that if it goes beyond the obvious. So there are three types of questions that are really obvious in sales. Every buyer knows them, they expect them. Those are the data questions, the questions around what are your needs or goals, and the questions around your pain points. But there are actually eight purposes for asking questions, and those are only three. So let's call those the, the three that are obvious to your buyer. That gives you five others that are less obvious that are going to be more interesting to the buyer. And Daryl, you also nailed one of those other five. You asked a question, which was, what did you think about our content? And that's a, a question that surprises a buyer because they don't expect. That's what we'd call an issue question in, in our DISCOVER acronym. Right. And that's to me, you know, I, I asked that. So I'm not nearly smart enough to put it in the framework you've put it in. But I asked that because I genuinely want them to engage with me. I want them to know that I'm seeking right. their opinion. I'm not trying to pitch them something, although I do want to have a conversation. I do genuinely want their feedback and that helps me build a rapport and trust. That's a big part of that. You mentioned something just a second ago, and I want to drill down on. You said buyers want a two-way dialogue. And then I know when we talked earlier, you talked about the difference between dialogic and diagnostic uh, needs assessment. So help. let's drill down a little bit on what you mean by that. Okay. Diagnostic, that's what needs assessment or needs discovery has historically been. And I think it's frankly gotten even worse because we're also pressed for time and we're just racing to cram in as many questions as we can. So we're just looking to ask enough questions to see if we can diagnose the problem and then give a solution. And I see it as going to a doctor when you walk in and you've got three or four things you want to talk about, but they come into the room, they've already got their prescription pad in hand, and as soon as they ask you two or three questions, they're <laughs> writing out some painkiller prescription that you don't even want, you know? Yep. Yep. So uh, that's diagnostic, and, and buyers feel corralled. They feel minimized, and, and it feels impersonal to them when that's all there is to it. Not only that, but you can leave so much on the table. If you just pounce on the first hint of a need, there's a lot more that you might miss out on. So dialogic, by contrast, that's a needs discovery process where you are facilitating a two-way dialogue. You're asking bigger questions, maybe even fewer questions, but you're yielding the floor to the buyer because they're thinking, they're sharing, that process of thinking and sharing, just like you mentioned, that's bonding, that, that creates trust. And for people that sounds a little strange to you, let me just say it this way. If you think about the person in your personal life, whoever it is, the person that you trust more than anyone else, think about the conversations you have with that person and you'll soon realize that, yeah, they do. They ask you more questions. They ask you some of the harder questions and they yield the floor so that you're the one who's sometimes doing more of the talking and that creates trust. It's human nature. You talked about the whole like you said, kind of basically, you know, ask questions and then basically you were saying, shut up. 
And that's one of the things I see happen over and over again where it's a mistake people are making. You're asking questions because you want to give your response as opposed to asking questions to listen. And the biggest thing I've seen is ask your questions and explore, drill down, make notes of when you want to circle back. But this initial point here is not necessarily so you can say, oh, 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 you've got that problem. Well, our problem, our product fixes it. No, 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 no. That's not where we're at yet. So we're going to come to that in a second because I know you have an opinion about qualifying versus needs discovery. The second thing is you alluded to something here and I want to pull this out of people a little bit. Remember, the whole purpose of this call, asking these questions, every call is to make sure there's a reason to have another call. You don't need to get everything out of the way in this call. This is not a one and done. Typically, this is part of a process. So pace yourself. That's the other thing. Use the timing as a strategic advantage. Yes, I get it. You're hungry. Yes, you want to close the deal. But do you want to lose the deal? It's kind of like fishing. And I'm not even a fisherman. And I know this example, right? You, you bring the fish in when they bite slowly. You don't just go for all like a bat out of hell because nine is out of 10, you'll lose the hook. You'll lose the connection. You want to do this very intentionally. We're going to take a quick break because I did leave a teaser there, the difference between qualifying and discovery. And we come back. I'm going to have Deb answer that. Stay tuned. We're right back. CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time, make less than two attempts to contact them, and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more. Blow your quota out of the water. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds, persistently, and with the cadence that is optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com. All right, so Deb, we are back. We teased our audience when we left about the difference between qualifying and needs discovery. So when I hear that at first blush, I think they're the same. Are they not? They are not. And if you've got a list of questions that you've been handed here, ask all of your prospects, your leads, these questions, chances are that at least half of those are qualifying questions. Here's the difference. Qualifying questions are self-serving. They tell you whether or not this person needs to talk to person A or person B inside your organization. They tell you whether or not you've got the decision maker. They tell you what the budget might be. These are questions that help you figure out whether you can and will want to do business in the future with this individual. That's completely different from the needs of the buyer. Needs discovery is about discovering what their needs are Qualifying questions are making sure your needs get met. And it's really important to understand the difference. Otherwise, you'll, you'll have an imbalance and you'll disenfranchise the buyer. Here's the thing, pausing because let me share. When you, the sales rep, are calling me and you ask the questions, I know there's a set number of questions that you need to ask to qualify me. I actually, I'm not stupid. I know that. I've been down the street. I'm the guy with the money and everybody else who has money and you're targeting 
get the same calls I get. So it's not like this is just unique to Daryl. Every buyer is in the same boat. We're not stupid. We get it. And most of us are willing to indulge you a little bit to do that. But when you only ask those transactional questions so you can see if I'm a fit for your pipeline, your opportunity or not, then it feels like a transaction. And already I feel like I'm just a deal to you. And I'm looking for a partnership, not a transaction. I, I can buy a product like yours from another vendor. I'm pretty confident nine times out of 10, I can. So what often, assuming your product is good and solves my problem, the way you'll win this deal is by actually having a relationship with me. So the questions to your point, Deb, about actually asking qualifying questions, not just discovery questions, both, and understand the difference is huge. That's what will set apart the relationship. That's for me at least. It is. And there are just different ways that you can handle that. You just have to have a, a little finesse. Instead of drilling down this list of 10 questions, rapid fire, boom, boom, boom. How about we incorporate some natural follow-ups? We stay in the moment. We listen to the emotional tone that comes with the response. And we make it more conversational, more dialogic, instead of feeling like it's some kind of a census taking. That's brilliant. That is so, so huge. All right. Now, one of the things we haven't talked about yet is how if we do our questions right, they're well-crafted, they're thought-provoking, that actually will get email and voicemail replies. So talk to me about that because right now, for the most part, we've been talking about having a live conversation one-on-one, but email and voicemail reply, we haven't talked about email or voicemail, so drill down a bit on that for me. Questions captivate people. They capture people's attention and they make people think no matter when they come across the question. Questions have a way of, of, uh, of rattling around in your mind until you come up with the answer. And whoever you associate with that question, book you read where the question was posed, the, the commercial that made you think, or the person who sent you the email, right? Whoever's associated with that question is more likely to get your ongoing interest, right? They, they might want some more of that. So it's not that somebody's going to read your fabulous question in an email and feel compelled immediately to reply to it. But the chances that they will reply at some point are substantially higher if you ask a really good question. So why not? Why not put a great question in the subject line or in the first paragraph of your email? What do you have to lose? And, and doing some A-B testing to see if that doesn't work out. So now is, is on that side, do you frame the question differently in email versus what you would during a live conversation or in voicemail, or is it the exact same formula? I use very similar questions, but I've been doing this a long time. So I know how to be really concise and, and to the point with my questions. If you're going to put a question into an email, of course, you want it to be hard hitting. You want it to be short and you want it to be relevant. So it, I can't give you a question that's going to work for every single buyer in every situation. I, I'd, I'd be wealthy and retired by then if I could, <laughs> but if you were uh, doing some research and had the intention to personalize what you put out there, you'll soon get good at putting questions out that do capture the, the attention of any buyer. So now I began the whole podcast talking about how I was doing a, a best of recently and that, and that compilation. And that talked about, that led me to believe to hear the I actually pulled out five podcast that jumped off at me. And that was for those who listen to us regularly, that was the most recent podcast. That's kind of cool. Um, so it's top of mind. If you heard that one, you know, one of the things I talked about, number one, the first best I talked about was the session I did with Andy Paul. And we talk about learners 
equals earners. If you invest in yourself, you will physically earn more money because you're going to develop your own skills. Building on that, you've heard Deb talk today about, for example, how she talked about eight different kinds of questions as, as one reference and about how email is perhaps a little bit different, but there's a lot of overlap from voicemail, from phone, and about how I have diagnostic versus dialogic and all this wonderful stuff. And you're going to myself, I love it, but I need more samples. Well, guess what? Here's your chance to learn so you can earn. Deb, I'm looking at Amazon right now, but I know this is on your own website too. Discover questions get you connected for professional sellers. It's guys. It's four and a half out of five stars on Amazon. This thing's been out there kicking butt for a dog's age. But again, it's also on your website too, peoplefirstps.com slash discover-questions. Talk to me about the book, because I love this. You talk about Discover, D-I-S-C-O-V-E-R. It's an acronym. If I'm listening to this, is this book something I should make an investment in? Absolutely, because there are tons of questions in that book. The book was written based on 20 plus years of research with buyers. I interviewed buyers after sales calls that I had observed and also with then salespeople, some before training and then again after training to see how their questions improved. So it's a tutorial on all the things that help you to craft a good question, how questions build trust, but then it's loaded up with lots of sample questions. It does not have a list of questions. You're not buying a list of questions that you can copy paste and expect that to do the magic. It teaches you how to be a good question asker in any situation so that you'll be more effective. And it's worked. I, I, I love that almost every week, even still seven years after the book was released, I still get about once a week an email from someone saying, this changed everything for me. And I think that's why it makes lists like the top 20 most highly rated sales books of all time. So it's, um, it is, I think it is worth the investment over on uh, Amazon. I'll draw a parallel here, a, a parable, I guess here, right? The classic metaphor, if you will, that said, teach a person to fish, they'll eat for a day. So if she would have given you the questions, you would have used them, you know, once, but teach them how to fish. Like this book teaches you how to ask questions and you'll fish for forever and eat well. So with that, I rarely give you folks a call to action, but today I'm giving you a call to action. Invest in yourself. Do this. You'll thank me. You'll thank Deb. Go to Amazon. Go to her website. It's called Discover Questions Get You Connected. That's with Deb Calvert. Deb, if they want to reach you and talk more to you directly, to connect, to learn from you, what's the best way to do that? Get together with me on LinkedIn. That way we'll be in touch all the time. But email me if you have questions that really work for you. I'm a collector. I would love to hear about your experiences. And if you're struggling, well, email me too. I, I don't mind giving you a little free coaching or a sample question or two. That's a wide open invitation. I'm, I'm not afraid, even though I know you have a giant audience and do lots of promotion, Daryl. That to me is what this is all about. So I welcome any questions. And that's why Deb is here, folks, right? It's about giving back to the tribe. I preach it. You just saw her living it out there, physically saying, yeah, I could be overwhelmed, but I would love to help you folks out. That's what we're about. That's what makes Inside, Inside Sales so fantastic. I hope you enjoyed today's session. Thank you so much, Deb. In the meantime, folks, we are done, at least for another week. You take care. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside, Inside Sales, hosted by Daryl Prale the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every other week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. One of the many shows on the ever-growing Funnel Radio Channel. Sponsored by VanillaSoft.